Welcome to this inspiring message brought to you by Kingsword Media Outreach, a part of Kingsword Ministries International. We hope this teaching inspires you and transforms you into all that God has destined you to be. Please stay tuned for more information about Kingsword Ministries International following this message. May God bless you as you listen. certain statements that you are not the poor trying to be rich because the mistake a lot of people make is that they think that oh um, when I come to Jesus I'm going to be blessed, I'm going to be rich so when I come to Christ when I don't have money um, Christ begins to find a way to get money into my hands, no, 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 no we are not the poor trying to be rich so everything we do by our labor by our going to work by our doing business and and you know trying to amass wealth so we are not the poor trying to be rich and in the same vein we are not the sick trying to be healed in in Christ Jesus we are rich and in Christ Jesus we are healed so the question is most people ask is that okay pastor why am I experiencing some kind of poverty why am I experiencing some kind of challenge in my health is the fact that in Christ Jesus you are rich but you are not experiencing the wealth or the riches because it's been taken from you so you say pastor how can it be taken from me when I never had it in the first place that's why you didn't have it because it's been taken from you. He said, no, Pastor, you don't understand. I've never touched it before. Yes, it's been taken from you. The fact that you don't have something before it was taken from you does not mean that it was not yours. Let me rephrase. I gave this analogy. This is a phone. Now, I come to my brother. I said, this is my phone. And then he takes the phone from me. I realized that it's been taken from me. Follow me carefully. The reason I realize that something has been taken from me is because what? I have it, right? Good. Now, I don't have a phone. I don't have a phone. So I don't have the knowledge that I have a phone. Then someone comes to tell me that you ought to have a phone. Immediately, I come to the knowledge that I ought to have a phone. So the fact that I don't have it, it means it's been taken from me. Alright? So Jesus is saying that in me you are rich. And you say, ah, Jesus, how? It's been taken from you. But in me you are rich. So when you come to me, you begin to realize the things that you have in me. And from that moment, you begin to take it. So now that I realize, I've never had a phone. But somebody told me according to God's word that I have a phone. But I don't know what a phone looks like. But I pick God's word and I begin to read it. And the Bible says that we are transformed into the same image. The image as the son of God. So Jesus is my perfect image. So when I begin to look at him, I begin to see riches. I begin to see wealth. So I come to the realization that I am supposed to be rich. So what has been taken from me, I begin to take it. As I get into him, I begin to take it. So I go about not having a phone, but I realize, hmm, I need to have a phone. Take, give me my phone. So Jesus is saying that in me you are rich. So the same way you take riches is the same way you take healing. So you find yourself continually 
a sick. But he said, no. But the, the, the truth in him, you are healed. So you stand your ground in Christ Jesus and take what belongs to you. That you don't have it and Christ has it means that you ought to have it. I was talking about something in the elevated service. The woman with the issue of blood. Jesus said to her, Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, be loosed from my infirmity? So Jesus realized that being a daughter of Abraham qualifies you for certain things. So the woman didn't have the health. But Jesus said, because she's a daughter of Abraham, she has a right to the health and healing. So he's saying that because you are in me, you have a right to certain things. You have a right to certain things. Someone say I'm rich. Someone say I'm rich. Say I'm healed. Say I'm prosperous in Christ Jesus. The moment you begin to make that your reality, certain things come to you. Certain things are pulling towards you. When we make confessions and we make declarations, we are not making them because we want to have them. No, we are making them because we are emphasizing who we are in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter where we are right now. What matters is where Christ is. So we are claiming where he is as where we are. Because he said, where I am, there you will be also. So wherever he is, that's where we are. We may not be there yet, so we cannot judge the destination by the journey. We cannot judge that destination by the journey. But we stand in Christ Jesus declaring who he is right now. Because eventually the Bible says we will be transformed. Transformation takes process. He said we will be transformed. To what? The same image. But if we don't keep that image before us, we will never be transformed. So when you confess and declare don't do that one month, two months, and I say, this thing does not work, Jared. No, 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 no. You don't know what's happening to you inside. You don't know the kind of connections that God is making inside. You don't know if he's sending a man from a far country that will take him three months or four months to get to you, but you stop halfway and say it doesn't work. No. We don't do that. We hold on to our confession of faith. Why? Because we know in whom we have believed. And we know that in Christ Jesus, we are everything. So as long as Christ has it, we have it. It's only a matter of time. As long as it's in Christ Jesus, it's ours. It's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. So when we declare, when we confess, we are pulling who Christ is closer. We are becoming him. He is the only image that we desire to become. We never desire to become any other person but Christ. He's the one that we look at. Whenever you read scripture, always see Jesus. He's there from Genesis to Revelation. That's the person that you will aspire to be. The best of a man is a man. And man is flawed 100%. Flawed. So don't expect perfection from any human being. Even me, don't expect perfection even you yourself don't expect perfection from yourself the best of a man will be a man but Jesus is the only perfect being so we aspire to be like him so when we talk about through riches we are saying that 
there is something in the mind of God when Jesus would say that who will give you the true riches of heaven and he says that you, you cannot serve God and money it means that after he had made that explanation he has separated and distinguished between God and money he has separated it let's go to Luke chapter 16 you know in every dispensation there is a move of God there is a plan of God there is something God God is doing in every generation in every dispensation there is a plan from the creator there is what God wants to do every season and every season read from Genesis to Revelation you realize that every point in time God is doing something God is doing something and the people who, who, who follow through are the ones who key into what God is doing. I tell someone, I said, the moment you realize that something has changed, you arrived late. You are a late comer. The moment you realize, ah, this thing has changed, you are late. The change has gone. For you to benefit from change, you have to see it before it comes. You have to see it before it comes. That's why God gives us vision. God gives us visions and dreams to see things before they come. That's the only way you'll benefit. But the moment you realize that the change has happened, you are late. Either you're a second batch or third batch. You're late. So in every dispensation, God is about something. He's doing something. So for us to be relevant, we have to focus. We must engage all our resources so that we can deliver to the generation what God is doing. Part-time. Part-time. So if you and I are focused on getting to know what God is doing in every generation and how you can plug yourself into it, you realize that you will stay relevant at all times. You'll be useful in God's hands. Luke chapter 16. From verse 1, New Living Translation. He said, Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him and said, What's this I hear about you? Get your report in order because you are going to be fired. Not this thing. Handling his affairs. Put that in your mind somewhere. The manager talked to himself as three. Now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, oh, I know how to ensure that I have plenty of friends will give me a home when I'm fired. So invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, how much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, take the bill and quickly change it to 400 gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man, I owe him 1,000 bushels of wheat, was his reply. Here the manager said, take the bill and change it to 800 bushels. The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. Here's the lesson. 
Use, use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then when your possessions are gone, they will, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, who should, be, who should you be trusted with? Things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters. Verse 13. For you will hate one and love the other. And you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. Jesus broke it down clearly. Faithful with other people's things. Why should you be trusted with things of your own? Every dispensation of God has a move of God. Every dispensation of God, remember that I said that, has a move of God. The greatest question you can ask yourself is God, what are you doing in this dispensation? What are you doing in this season? How am I relevant to this season? When God decides to do certain things, He does it irrespective. Irrespective. So we ask ourselves, there's something, look at what the Bible says there. It said, if you are faithful in little things, who will, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. When God wants to show you through riches, what he does is that he gives you greater responsibilities. Greater responsibilities. So you begin to ask yourself, why am I not relevant in today's time? Then ask yourself the same question. What responsibility am I carrying? The little one that he has given to me, how have I been responsible with it? How have I been responsible with it? So God decides to do something in a dispensation. So what he's looking for is people who will be what? Responsible. So then he says, who will give you what is your own? If you're not faithful with another man, who will give you what is your own? That's what he's calling true riches. So when God has endowed you with blessings and, and endowed you with gifts and talents and he's asking you, give account. Give account. That was the first thing he said in, in, in verse 1. He came, the man came to him and said, give account. How have you been using how responsible have you been with what I have committed to you? So Jesus was trying to explain to them that look, if this man is not, has not been faithful and responsible with, the, with what is another man's, how can he step into what's his own? 
Because when God is talking about true riches, He's talking about the thing that He has put inside of you. So when that thing begins to come out and you become responsible for the gift and the grace that God has given to you, that's what God refers to as true. is more valuable than any other thing. So he said you cannot serve money. You cannot be enslaved to money and God at the same time. So he's saying that the word serve there means that what I have put in you is meant to be used for humanity. So to serve God means that, hey, everything that God has endowed me with. So I'm living my life for others. I'm not living my life for myself. It's not about me anymore. So every one naira that enters my hand, every grace that I have, every gift, every calling is so that other people can be blessed. He said you cannot serve God and be enslaved. So money will not be the driving force for everything that you do. Yes, you work in an office. They pay you a salary. But it is not about money. It's about you being responsible. Those are the things that God values as true riches. Because when you begin to do that and become responsible for grace that he has given to you, doors begin to open to you. He commits to your hand more. said if you're not faithful with little how will you be responsible for much so it means that where he's going is much but he's saying the way to much is to serve so you cannot serve God and then serve money you cannot serve God and then be a slave to money you cannot say you serve God and then the brain behind everything you do is so that I get paid so that money comes to my head he said your service will be to humanity. Your service will be to humanity. Mark chapter 9. From verse 33. He said after they arrived at Capernaum and settled in the house, Jesus asked his disciples, what were you discussing out on the road? But it didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone. Whoever wants to be first must take what last place and be the servant of everyone. So you find out, you step into a place and all you are thinking is how can I serve these people? Do you know, we, we, we have taken that word and we have bastardized that word. Especially in politics. You see the politicians come, oh I've come to serve. I've come to serve. I've come to serve. But all they do is serve their pockets. So it means that Jesus is saying, the way up is down. The way up is down. Imagine the contrast. Imagine the contrast. He's saying, you want to be great? Serve. So that word service, think about it. In everything that you do, are you serving? Even in your workplace that you are being paid a salary for, are you serving? Are you serving? Are you serving? What service are you doing? Because if you are serving, 
It means you are saying to God that look, everything you have put inside of me, I'm putting all my effort to serve this company, to serve this community, to serve these people, to give my all so that they will become their all. And it says in doing so, your greatness will emerge. Your greatness. So what is the brain behind the business you're doing? What is the brain behind the idea that you have? And then we're angry that certain people are serving the world and are becoming great. People like Mandela are serving their world and becoming great. People like Steve Jobs and people like uh, Bill Gates are serving their world and they are becoming great. We can't. You don't have to wonder. Because he has put in us every grace and gift to serve. Every grace and gift to serve. Even Jesus said to himself, Matthew chapter 20 from verse 24. verse 28 he says even the son of man came not to be served but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many so that's that's why the son of man too came he said i did not come that they may serve me but I've, i came to serve others i came to give my life for a ransom for many i came so that every demonstration of my existence will be towards serving humanity. I came so that everything that happens to me and everything that I'm about and I'm doing is towards the benefit of the other person beside me. I came to give my life for many. I came to give my life for many. I said time and again that God will never God doesn't give people money gives you ideas he gives you wisdom he gives you favor he gives you something of value that is exchanged for money money is just an exchange so if you keep focusing on money, 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 money money, and forget that there is something that needs to exchange for it you will lose the concept of true riches but if you begin to focus on what Christ has put inside of you that can be exchanged for it and how you can use that to serve your environment and serve everyone around you then money comes to you money is secondary it's not primary it's not the first thing God gives he gives you an idea he gives you wisdom he gives you favor if at all he wants to do anything the favor will come. Imagine he, when he went to the embassy and spoke to the guy there. That was favor. So you cannot say that I, I, don't, I can't do anything because I don't have money. No. You lack a spiritual substance that can be exchanged for money. So don't always look for the physical money. Look for a spiritual substance. And we call it the blessing. The blessing. When the blessing comes on you, it manifests in different ways. It manifests in favor. It manifests in ideas. Your boss just likes the way you did that presentation. And after they say, you know what? You're due for a raise. I mean, favor. 
what you should be after. Anytime you want a raise in your office, sit down with God's word and say, God, what is the wisdom? What's the idea? What can I do that, that my value will be so high and men will be willing to pay X, Y, Z for it? Sometimes God can tell you, okay, go and do a course. But your mind is not on the course. Your mind is on the spiritual suffering. He can tell you, okay, go for an exam or something. He can tell you, change the job. But all you are after is the value you are adding. The service you are doing for that organization, for that community. That's all you are after. That's all you are after. We have to be deliberate as children of God. Deliberate as people of faith to reach out for the things that God has made available for us. And we have everything to our disposal. We have the faith. We have the love work. We have everything. We have everything. We have prayer. We have communion. We have the Holy Ghost. We have everything. 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 So when we engage the supernatural, there are certain things we may also do in the natural. But it doesn't take away the fact that we are first spiritual beings before the natural. James chapter 5 verse 18 talking about Elijah he said then he prayed again and it rained and the ground produced crops he prayed again and it rained and the ground produced crops believers we only stop at he prayed but do you realize that between the prayer and the rain coming down there is somebody that went to plant the crops. There is somebody that went to till the ground. There is somebody that went to harvest. Do you get what I'm saying? So we don't always focus on the supernatural alone. There are certain natural things that God will lead us to do. So when we have prayed, what's the instruction? So it's not enough to say, oh, ah, yesterday I prayed five hours from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Oh my God! What a wonderful prayer. Bro, what did God say? You don't understand. The place was on fire. Bro, what did God say? Oh, the anointing came down. Bro, what did God say? You don't get it. The place was charged. What is the next level? Oh man, I'm moving higher and higher and higher. Bro, what do you want to do after that? Oh, they are anointing. Come on. We don't need that. When we pray and rain comes down, we ask, how do I till the ground? That's the essence of our prayer. When we come to church, hands are laid on you. The word of prophecy has gone out. You begin to ask, what next? What am I supposed to do with it? We are supposed to affect our world with it. Ideas come, thoughts come that will change the way we live, not just us, but the people around us. So we are not limited to just prayer. Say, oh no, let's just go to church. We go to church. We go to church. No, 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 no. Church must happen to you. It must translate. It must translate. Matthew 18, 18. It says, I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. God does not do anything that he does not want to do. 
So we say, ah, I bind it here on earth. So let it be bound in heaven. Excuse me. The reason it is bound on earth is because it has already been bound in heaven. The reason it is loosed on earth is because it has already been loosed in heaven. Why? There is a plan. God has a plan. So you key into that plan. So when you bind, the, another transition says, let it be what has already been bound in heaven. When you lose, let it be what has already been loosed in heaven. So you key into a higher plan. You key into the plan and the purpose of God. So when you stand to pray, you are standing to pray on what heaven has accepted and what heaven has allowed. So God has a plan. In every dispensation, he has a plan. In this generation, in Polakot, in this season right now, over your life, he has a plan. When you key into that plan, your prayer will make sense. When you key into that plan, you will not be praying and miss, asking for things that you know you, can, you yourself cannot have. Say, God, by this time tomorrow, 20 million will send on my account. Ha! 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 And you've never seen a 100,000 before. You don't even know what it looks like. If somebody drops it in front of you, you will not see it. You will know. Come on. But if according to you took time to pray and know what the plan of God, you will know that God's plan for you now is 30,000. <laughs> Glory to God. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. It's progressive. That's the way you will end. church. Seriously. That's no way you will end. We move from faith to faith. If God gives you 200 million, you will just die. You will just, you will just die. You will just go to the street. Ah, yeah, what's going on? Ah, you, some people have run mad because of that. They don't know what to do. Those Yahoo boys, you think, you think it's by... It's, 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 no. Because they don't know what to do. They are, they've run mad. They go to a club and they'll spend 1 million on the spot without thinking. They've run mad. That's madness. That's madness. 30,000, take it. The highest you've seen before is 5K. The next highest that God will give you is maybe 30K or 50K. From there, he begins to elevate your mind. And elevate your mind. And elevate your mind. He says, can you see 100K? Say, ah, God, 100K. Can we do 80? He says, okay, no problem. He says, believe me for 80. And then he believes you, he believes him for 80, 80k. And 80k comes. He says, Wow, 80,000. Wow. And the next one, God comes in. What do you think about 200? Hmm. Okay, let's go. God begins to elevate your mind from there. So your faith is working. That is 30,000 now does not mean that he's not taking you to 20 million. That's his plan. But walk with him gradually. The time will come. He may just shoot your faith up from, from maybe 100k or 200k and you say, you know what? Let's go for 1 million. Why? Because he has seen that you've worked on your faith so much your faith can reach for more. So you don't make a shipwreck of your faith. So the fact that, hey, he's doing 50k now. No, no, no. Don't be, don't be disturbed about it. Begin to ask him, how can I move? When you pray, how can we move this 50,000 to 100,000? What do we need to do? You, you, you tell him we, don't say I because you are partner with him, with the Holy Spirit what do we need to do? Holy Spirit, this is 50k, it's been coming for, for one month now, two months, what do we need to do? 
what do we need to do? I remember when we were going to start this church. Stand to your feet, church. When we were going to start this church, I was asking the Father. I said, Lord, what do we need to do? Funds need to come in. How do we how do we do it? And then God told me, He said, I want you, I think it was January, January 2017 or something, I can't remember. He said, give 30% of your income every month. I said, excuse me, sir. What, 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 what? You know there's some things that God will tell you, start to stammer. <laughs> What do you say, sir? 30% of your income. At that time, someone would say, Oh, Satan, I bind you! I bind you, Satan, I bind you! I bind you! Sometimes not Satan. So for about six or seven, seven or eight months, I began to give 30%. 30%. 30%. 30%. The school would call. You've not paid this child school fees and everything. I said, Don't worry, it'll be paid. It'll be paid. I paid the little one I have. I made sure that that 30% was complete. I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And the seventh month or so, everything just changed. So there are certain things that God would, God would have you do. So when you've prayed, the rain has come down. The crops will not just come out. Somebody will till the ground. Somebody will plant the seed. Don't let your Christianity be the one for the mouth. Let it be the one for action. When you get in the presence of God, something has to come out from the presence of God. God's plan for us is to take us to higher realms. Wherever he starts with anybody, I have a conviction in my heart and an assurance that everybody in this church, God has told me that a long time ago, before anybody even showed up here, that the people that will come, they will move from here to there. And their lives will keep moving forward. Forward and forward. Before anybody ever showed up. So when people come and tell me, Pastor, you don't understand. See my story. See where I'm starting from. I say, you're in the right place. God specializes in lifting people. God specialized. So, which day was I telling, telling them in the PCU? I said, you know what? You, we need to go out and get people who are broken, who have no left, right, and center, who the society has rejected. I said, bring them. This is where their life will go. Because God told me, he said, there is a place for them. Because the entrance of the word gives life. And you keep hearing that word. It brings you to the place that God has for you. I'm out of time. Lift your hands to heaven. Celebrate God and worship Him. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Ministries International. For information about Kingsword Ministries, visit us at kingsword.org for information and additional resources. Thank you for listening to this message. And remember, where the word of a king is, there's power.